You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. You are listening to the Four Corners podcast with Lenny Marcus. Welcome to the Four Corners Podcast with Lenny Marcus. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Neil Potter. Hey there. Four topics, 15 minutes each. We're just killing time. Kill it with us. Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the number four C podcast. Please write us. We will answer all questions. Our guest today began his comedy career in Boston, Massachusetts in the year 2000, just weeks after graduating from high school. We want to talk about that. Since that time, he's been featured on The Late Show with Conan O'Brien, The Late Show with David Letterman. In 2015, he was a finalist on NBC's Last Comic Standing, had his own half-hour special on Comedy Central. His album, So Far No Good, and Are You Mad at Me, can be heard on Sirius Radio. He has a big-time podcast, very successful, called Tuesdays with Stories with his buddy Mark Norman. Very funny comic. We'll have him in here soon. As well as being a regular on Robert Kelly's You Know What, Dab podcast. When not headlining, you'll see him at the Comedy Cellar in New York City. I love you. Hello, it's Joe List. Hi, everybody. Woo, Boy, that was gone. great. Thanks for it. That was... You got it. Let's talk about Joe List. All right. Um, the I love you, hello, obviously, is a thing that you do on um, your in- social media. Every time you write, I love you, goodbye. You kind of yes. like get in your thing. You're not bothering us. It's very cute. Oh, How'd you come you. up with this? Well, because uh, I would end all my phone calls. My previous girlfriend, uh, I would end. I never say goodbye on the phone, I guess, which to me is... No, the conversation just ends. Yeah, but people would always be like, you never say bye. Goodbye. I have a friend who does that. It's annoying. But it goes like, like we'll be like, all right, so uh, yeah, we'll go to the movies Wednesday at 9. Sounds great. All right. And you hang up. And then I'll hang up. Why would you so do that? So I wouldn't say goodbye. <laughs> I was just, but the conversation ended. People okay, need right. closure. People need closure. In those we, I, we need closure. I had an uncle who did that you just need, real quick. You do need closure. It did feel. Like I had an uncle empty. who did that one. He was an old man. And I called him to thank him from like a birthday. Pre- he sent me a birthday card with it, like five dollars in it or whatever. And I hung, like a great uncle. And I hung up the phone or he hung up the phone on me. And I was I was like mortified. He hung <laughs> up like what? What is that? Like, it's OK. My mother was like, it's OK. Like, why? Why didn't he say goodbye? You know, he just hung up the phone. Well, to me, like, I hate talking on the phone anyways because there's no there's no visual cues. You can't tell who's talking when, <laughs> and uh, it always feels like you're distracted. I'm trying to live a life. I'm walking around and like stuff is happening, and yeah. I'm trying to listen. I hate it. So you're overcompensating now by yeah. Well, she would say you never say goodbye. So then I started ever ending every conversation with I love you, bye, <laughs> and then I just started posting all my th- and it stuck. And that was uh, ten years ago. I but like that, I like that because that gives you closure each time you feel good about that. Con- conversation but you're, the way he's not left empty-handed when he writes it he also it's sort of like here i just want to tell you this really important thing but i don't want to bother you can you do so. that in emoji symbols like is there like the heart and the i'm not mouth? a big emoji i suppose you could <laughs> i don't like an emoji could you then you just do pictures it's even better i like that because i always say i'm just going to talk to you later and then they everyone goes you're never talking oh to yeah later. He, this is neil's thing it took me 15 years to figure <laughs> out being friends with neil and that he goes all right i'll, I'll call i'll talk to you later and then he never calls back later. Or I'll give you a call. I'll call you later. <laughs> I like it. It's a good move. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. means like six months from now. It's a good move. It's like what you do with a, a kid where you're like, can we get a prize? And you're like, eh, a little later. Soon. Yeah, exactly. And then you hope they forget exactly. about it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't forget about it. Like one time I waited like all day. The first time you wait all day is, you'll call me back. I'll call you right back. 
right I do back. do a call you right back. It's call a right good back. move. <laughs> it's like day, six months I later. approval. That's, that matters. You and I met at uh, City Steam Hartford. Yes, with Tom Van Horn. Tom, was he there that too? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was like right after 9-11. Oh, wow. And you hosted that then? I hosted, yeah. Oh, he wow. He old and you headlined. And I said, uh, you know, I always tell Neil this story, like a certain guest we have in here, and I go, I saw this guy. He's going to be a comic. You oh. know what I mean? This guy's going to make it. Oh, that makes me feel good. Yeah. And you were one of those. You were the guy that year. Whatever year that was, I was like, this guy's going to be a comic. Oh, thanks. I pre- that was a long time ago because I was very young, I think. I'm pretty sure I told you that, too. And you were like, oh, you think? Oh, <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, I, I think. I'm, I appreciate I it. Thank you. Yeah, I remember we had the three of us had dinner in between shows, but it was a big deal to get embraced by the other comics to be like we're having dinner come have dinner with us and lenny's like, only said that to me about richard pryor uh <laughs> louis ck and you a lot of people don't know lenny started before richard pryor <laughs> yeah yeah he was at the improv. little known fact i'm older than louis ck and he's been doing comedy 10 years more than me or at least 12 30. you're not older than louis i am is that right yeah i'm older than all these guys Artie, louis Lenny, crazy. nobody needs to know that. Boy. It's so sad. I, in my mind, you you're look 40. Amazing. In my Thanks. mind, you're 41, and you'll right, always be 41. All right, that's good. I'm 41. Even when I'm dead, I'll be 41. 41 when you die. Oh, all right, perfect. Thanks. Um, that was fun times. You know, like I, like I said, we could tell immediately Joe was going to be. This, oh, this guy's funny. Good. Yeah. Um, I was like, who is this guy? Every once in a while, you ever see a guy that you go, who's this guy? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You can tell. And then sometimes people, they're not even good, but you can tell they're going to be good. You're like, that's a joke. That joke is okay, yeah. or it's been done. And yeah. then he'll figure out at some point that that joke has been done, but the writing is like, oh, yeah. that's really good. Who have you seen? Have you seen anybody lately? Like, um, Everybody sucks now. I mean, for sure, everyone sucks now. But um, (laughs) no, there's a lot of good people because now comedy is so big. There's like places to get on everywhere. So now you go to like Toledo, and there's a guy doing 20 sets a week who's like a killer. Yeah, it's bizarre. I like that nobody's good anymore. There's no good comics anymore. Like a cut off. Like we can't produce another comic. No, there's plenty. It's like the hands, like uh, whatever. There's like premises where you can't have the hands made or whatever. Like no one can have kids anymore. That's a good premise. Like no comic. There's (laughs) from thirty. There's never been a good comic. There's a shortage. I think uh, some some uh, three camera televisions like that. But no comics. You every day I see another guy. Like who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. No, that'd amazing. be good though for everybody if there's no more comics. If it just stopped, it just stops. Yeah, right yeah. Now. You can't find another comic. It would help. That, yeah. I would love that premise. For 20 years, it would help if there were no running. And then somebody wrote something about like flying car. Oh my god, this guy's got a flying cars bit. That right. has never been done. Because my, my cousin just called me and she's doing comedy. Oh, I was like, god. everyone's doing comedy. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Jesus. Good luck. It's bizarre. By the way, it's, Joe and I were just talking how impossibly hard it is for white men right now to do anything. So good luck if you're. St- I guess if you're a girl a, in the middle yes, of nowhere, it's a girl's. It's oh, a girl's sure. time now. I had a comic show me an email from his agent. He was like, "Hey, how come I'm not going on audition?" And just the email had no punctuation, one sentence. It said, "It's really hard for white guys right now." <laughs> really, the agent <laughs> said that. Yeah, the agent was like, "Yeah, you gotta relax." Amazing. <laughs> if that was any other white race, of course, where that that guy's finished in the business. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> um, right after high school. Yes. What balls? I mean, you have no life experience. But were you like, hitting, this is what I wanted. Were you hitting yeah. it in high school? Like, were you doing shows in high school? No. Already, like, you already... I wish I was because I thought the whole time I was in high school, I knew I wanted to be a comedian. I was like, as soon as I graduate, I'll start, I'll pursue comedy. But looking back, I could have been going out in high school, which I always say, no matter when you started doing comedy, you always... Regret it's not starting never earlier. Early enough. Yeah, I you're mean, like, yeah, oh yeah, shit, yeah. I should have been doing it when <laughs> I was <true>. seven. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's hard. But I, I started going to this open mic, and my friend Artie Januario, who's a much older guy, he's probably in his 60s, he's your age. Um, <laughs> but he said, uh, I remember I was like, I was all these old guys at this open mic, and I would try to do jokes for them, and he was like, stop 
doing jokes for us. He's like, just do 18-year-old. He's like, talk about Limp Bizkit or whatever. I mean, I hated Limp Bizkit, but um, he was like, do that. So that was like a really helpful thing to not just try to be like... Yeah, but I, when I watched it, I was like, this guy's jokes are way above his age. And you don't usually see that because you see the 18-year-old talking about And the audience is like, I, don't, I can't relate to that. Right, right. They either have pot or, or whatever, drugs, alcohol, or the one girlfriend they had. Right, know? right. Yeah, all my jokes at one point were about never getting laid. And then I think Robbie <laughs> Pra from Montreal Comedy Festival, he's at Netflix now. But he re- pointing out, he's like, I've watched you go from... All jokes about never getting laid to all sex jokes. <laughs> like at some point, I started getting laid yeah, and being yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, you were oh, fucking great." <laughs> um, oh, that's good. Wait, now did you? So in high school, you were performing, and people had already started telling you you were funny. I wasn't performing at all. I was just a funny guy. And I was obsessed you were just a with funny, comedy. Got yeah. it. Got it. Why? So why do you think? Was there any? Um, why comedy? You were a sports guy. Yeah, I was a big sports guy. Sports and comedy is all I ever cared about i think like I, I loved it i mean well i also was a young kid during like the big boom like it was like a and e was on I, I would watch comedy before uh school like i would eat cereal and watch a and e even at the improv they would replay Me it and then, like, oh, vh1 man, like yeah like rosie o'donnell was on mtv was doing comedy mm-hmm. then like the spring break stuff yeah and you didn't go to improv you went straight to stand-up yeah, i never did any improv so you went right that, that yeah, what was your I'm first cool. stand-up gig uh, I did an open mic in Boston, which is no longer. It's called Chops Lounge. This guy Larry Lee Lewis hosted it, and I was just walking. It was right next to Fenway, and I walked by, and there was like a um, what do you call that word? A marquee that said "Open Mic Wednesday." And then I looked it up in the phone book, the phone number, and I called. It was like a Chinese restaurant, and I was like, "Is it true? There's an open mic?" And they were like, "Yes, yes." And then I came and signed up and went on. By and yourself? You went by yourself or with a bunch of friends? I went with my uncle, Dale, who... My <laughs> uncle's like four years older than me. I always have to say that because uncle sounds like this <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, guy. like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. No, he was like <laughs> essentially my age. And we went together and uh, it went pretty well, actually. Like, I felt like every set I ever had was like, that wasn't too bad. Like, I never felt like it was a... Pe- every time, every period of my career, I was like, I think I'm pretty good. Well, I mean, well, looking back now, you you're like, oh, your, that was do shit. Do you remember your jokes, like what set you had and all that? Like, yeah, my, my first joke was I went to Cheers and nobody knew my name. That was like my <laughs> big joke. And then I said, um, this is when the Celtics were bad. It was like 2000. So I was like, I went to the Celtics game. A lot of empty seats for a team called the Celtics. That was like a big, <laughs> that was a big joke. Still, you, but the structure I, is right. Yeah, they're not bad. And then I had another one go, I got an apartment warming gift. It was an... I got the worst apartment warming gift, an air conditioner, which is sort of a <laughs> and these jokes, warming. These jokes would hit an open mic. That's pretty hard to do. It would like, do okay. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, it yeah. would be enough that people would be like, all right, those are, j- I'm saying They're a jokes. thing and somebody's reacting to yeah. it. But you were super nervous. Like, you at this point, you were like, I was or, a little, or, or the nerves weren't that bad then? Uh, it wasn't you, too bad. I was such a nervous guy off stage, so it, was, it wasn't too bad on stage. Oh, okay. I, I just felt like, I mean, I guess we'll talk about mental health. I'll get to that. But like, <laughs> I always felt like my anxiety of, not doing anything with my life is always greater than any other anxiety on stage. of like being like, I can't just be at home living with my parents, not doing anything. No offense uh, if you live with your parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and quickly you opened up, you ended up opening up for DePaulo. Yes. That was uh, 06. I used to work at the comedy connection and, um, they just like put me with Nick DiPaolo. Like, every once I would open for these national acts every once so in a while. So how many years through. after you started? Was uh, I was about six years in. Six years in. And then um, the story, I've told the story before, but my friend Owen Bonus. I don't know if you remember Owen. I know Owen. Yeah. I like Owen. Yeah, great guy. I couldn't do the Thursday for whatever reason. So he filled in and then he's in the green room with Nick and he was like, hey Nick, how long have you been doing? And Nick went, hey, we're not girls. We don't have to force a conversation. <laughs> just sit there quietly. <laughs> and then Owen called me and went, hey, this guy's crazy. Don't try to talk to him. And I went, okay. And so all weekend, I just sat there in silence. 
And uh, he was like, I like you. You keep to yourself. And you got good jokes. <laughs> and then, so Owen Bonus changed the whole course of my career by uh, trying to ask Nick DePaul awesome. a question. And you, he took you a lot of places. Yeah, you, I was on the road with him for 10 years or nine years or so, eight years. But I read some articles like you were on the road with him nine, 10 years. He's getting, he's doing these 2000 C rooms. Then he moves, you moved to New York and you can't catch, you know, get a cup of coffee in this town. No, it was amazing. Yeah, I was. Um, you still never talked to Nick DePaul the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I've never <laughs> spoken to him. I don't have his number. Um, Ten years. That's great. Yeah, it's weird. when I came to New York, I had met Colin Quinn for, through Nick. So I, I knew Colin Quinn. And I'd opened for Dane Cook as well, like in 04. Oh, wow. Um, so I'd opened for Dane, and I was friends with Nick, and uh, I was friends buddies with Colin. And then I came to New York, and I was like, here we go. I'm here. Yeah, yeah. And nobody gives a shit here. I mean, there's people with multiple credits that can't get on stage here. Yeah. What's well, funny that you you we were just before you we started the podcast and before Neil walked in, we were talking about like you never know when the money's going to dry up. But you've been you've been consistently working. So I don't know what the fear is, really. I mean, you're one of those guys who's just you've been working literally since you left high school. Almost. Yeah, I've been I've been very fortunate. I've been very, most of my work has come from other comedians. I opened for Nick for years and I opened for Gullman for a long Still time. Amazing. Yeah, they, they take you for a reason. You're good. You yeah, know? yeah. And then I ended up opening for Louis for a full year, full right. tour. How was that fun? No, that must have been. It was amazing. I mean, it was insane. Madison Square Garden. We did. I did Madison Square Garden three times. We did. We went all over Europe. We did London, Amsterdam, Jerusalem. It was crazy. Damn. Private jet, the whole thing. <laughs> Four seasons. It was like insane. Got Four a Rolex seasons, at the end or something. Right. Yeah, I bought everyone a Rolex, which I don't I want. Wear, I don't right? care. <laughs> I, I, it's. I, my, I have tiny wrists. It's huge. It's worth like nine grand, and <laughs> I would give anything to trade it. For the nine grand. That's one of my original jokes. My wrist was so small in high school. Uh, in when I was in school, and I wear a watch. I raise my hand to go to the bathroom, and the thing would go down to my ankle. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. Like that. I do like that. Yeah, that's uh, one of my. Wait, wait. Jokes. How was uh? How was Madison Square Garden? Let's talk about that. Uh, it was great, but the thing was, was it weird. loud? It was pretty loud. Well, one show was not loud. I didn't do particularly well. I t- I've told this before too. There was one show it just didn't go great. They weren't digging it. And you know how sometimes you'll do a joke and like you'll go, "That guy got it." I almost <laughs> did that at Madison Square Garden, and I caught myself at the last moment. <laughs> Literally, I did a joke, and you just hear like, "Ah!" And I was like, "Hey, this guy." Ah, never mind. There was fifteen thousand people there. <laughs> But uh, it was pretty amazing. But the thing about comedy is there's nothing... You can't really do anything different because there's 15... Th- it's the it's same exact... Thing. I still just stand there. It's one thing... I guess if you're Dane, you do a backflip or whatever. But I'm just standing there. I can't really do anything else, no matter how many people are there. So. And um, you also talked about in your... A lot of now about... You gave up drinking. Mm-hmm. You were a big drinker. Did I? When I knew you, you were drinking, I guess. But I might have been underage when we met, so I don't know yeah, how much I was, I was drinking it there. <laughs> But yeah, I was definitely drinking. Um, yeah, I was a drunk, a big drunk. I do, do you go to meetings now? I do. Yeah, right around the corner, right over oh, here. Oh, cool. Yeah, you don't have to tell me. It's anonymous. <laughs> but you, you were just you drinking. Me. You were drinking before and after the shows, or just after the shows? At first, when I first started, the first few years, I would never drink before a show. You're I tried to be. After. I was twenty, trying to be like, I don't drink before a show. Uh-oh. And then <laughs> eventually, you're like, I'll have a couple beer, and then before then. Is it because you were nervous and helped you, or relax, or you just you need a crutch, or what was that? Just in general, I think yeah, it made me more comfortable. I felt you know, I was never. Uh, comfortable in my own skin whatever that bullshit right. but is. you would drink all, you would have a, a beer on stage like you would have yeah a yeah oh yeah i would order You'd shots on, i'd be like a feature act ordering shot i'm like can i get a uh, can i get a jaeger <laughs> oh, like literally and i'm like middling people are like what are you doing oh that so became like a bit though no no yeah, it would just be like stink. in the middle of the thing i'd be like let me get a shot 
Yeah, and, but uh, that's a great bit in the middle of the show. You just got it filled up with like iced tea. Well, that way you're not just getting hammered all the time. Yeah, like uh, Dean Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean we have Martin. one minute left. So Uh-oh. this turned into. But I want to ask about we, London. Ask, I, I know we have about so much. Hey, that's right. how our show works, Neil. I don't know how to tell you. I know. It just hurts. Joe, have to come back. We'll do it again. But I want to talk about Tuesdays with stories. I was saying to Neil, I am the worst podcast guest because I have no story. I can run it like that. Right, but right. I have no sto- You guys have endless amounts of story because of drinking and some of the stuff you've done. Like, yeah, I, I don't even know. Well, it gets weird because I don't drink anymore. And then Mark got a girlfriend. So like the pot, <laughs> like we get people being like, podcast sucks now. <laughs> For a long time, it was just Mark being like, I fucked three women. And then he got a girlfriend. So but a lot of our show is also just bullshit. We're just digressing. Right. And well, you just- have a great story. You're a great storyteller. Oh, That's thank first. you. I appreciate it. I mean, by you also, you have a lot to draw on from the old days. Yeah, there's a lot of that. And then like you hope on the weekend, you try to have a story, but like you can't. That's the thing about story. You can't force a story. Like yeah. you can't just be like, like there's times where I'm like, I went to uh, the Funny Bone. It was great. And uh, that's it. Thank you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a weird. Thank you. I love you. Story. Yeah. Love you. Goodbye. All right. Well, that's it, Joe. Thank you for coming in. Boom. That's the Joe segment. Damn, Pretty good. Great. I know he's so good. I feel like I, in my head I had like 20 Tw- things ready I to go. I wanted to hear about London, Amsterdam, Letterman. Oh, I know. Well, we'll have him back. All dead. I fucked 11 hookers in well, Amsterdam. Yeah, while, <laughs> while he's here, we might as well talk about the Boston Red Sox because Joe, originally from Boston, Massachusetts, yes. huge sports fan, and I love talking to Joe. Even back in the day, we would literally like the first thing we spoke about, I believe, I remember, is like the Red Sox and the Yankees. Yeah, probably. And that was a heyday. I mean, it was Three oh four. I mean, and even ninety nine. That kind of ninety nine. Yeah, those, those years. Now yeah. it's. It, it feels like it's in a kind of a down. It's come, no. Now. I think it's going to come right back now. Well, this year. Now this, this year crazy will be something. Guy. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about. Well, first of all, I know you're an athlete. Let's talk about your athletic background. I know you're a kill- maybe one of the best cornhole players I've ever seen. I can really play cornhole. <laughs> well, the thing about corn- any sport where there's just one motion that you can kind of figure out. Like bowling? I'm really, so yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I'm not a good bowler. Well, you're never... really good at corn. I saw it on ESPN all of a sudden. Uh, oh, really? Maybe yeah, I should had like pursue. the cornhole yeah. freaking championships, championships on ESPN. Well, like sports like that, like it's literally just one... No, but they had uniforms. It was like a curling oh, team. Wow. It had corn. It was on the team. Ocho. Oh, jeez. <laughs> trying I'll to get it to the Olympics, right? Is that right? I think no, so. No, oh. no, no. There's no Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to him. Oh, God. There's no now. Olympics court. I guarantee they put in an application. If it's on ESPN, they probably put in some application. I see you, though, as like a baseball player and maybe a hockey player, like a lefty stick as well. I never played hockey. I was too big of a really? pussy. I'm a, hockey's my favorite like sport. Like even street hockey with the kids We on play the street? street hockey, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, but I never learned to skate because I was yeah, terrified. But you did sports in high school? Yeah, I, played, I was a baseball player. But in high school, I ended up just running because... When it came time for baseball, this is embarrassing. This is going back to the Joe topic, but I failed right. off the uh, track. I was ineligible because I just failed two oh, of my classes. classes. <laughs> and so I didn't want to try out for the baseball team because I was already I was ineligible. So they wouldn't even have me. But the track team, I already knew the coach because I had run winter track. And what do you? All right, don't country. tell us. What do you think? What what position did he play? In baseball? Yeah, I'm look. I'm seeing first base somehow. No. No? I see. Are you righty think, or left? You're right. No, righty. Yeah. I think he probably mm. tried to pitch and then uh, oh. and then probably third base. Oh, I don't see pitcher. It's either outfield or first base. Go. I pitched a little bit. I did Damn. play first base. <laughs> I was a first baseman, and then I would play a little outfield as uh, well. There you go. I uh, see that. Third base was too. I was too big of a put. Third base is insane to me to play third base. Me it's too. a scary place. I remember we used to play softball all the time up in Boston, and we would, this is when I was drinking. And I would have like 15 rum and cokes over the course of a day. And I remember one time in the middle of a game, I was playing third and I had to go time. 
I got to move to the outfield. Like I'm in like a blackout <laughs> and I'm like, I'm 50 feet away and like some guys can really hit. Yeah, and I was like, I can't well, be, this is arc, dangerous. I, I don't know. Arc so you're really drinking. Yeah, yeah. Man. You're really drinking. Oh if yeah. You got to call yourself on third base. Yeah. I was oh, like, I, I got to go to the outfield. You got some good drinking. But story, if you're, yeah. if you're playing arc, people who play arc ball and then they play in third base, you're out of your mind. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah that's insane. My like, fast pitch. Maybe. Yeah. My brother-in-law is a, um, a hockey goalie. So we would always have him play third oh, base because it's a similar perfect. sort of thing. Totally. But I just remember being like, that's crazy. Especially if you're not, I don't have health insurance. I'm like, I'm a comedian. I don't want to be 50 feet away from the plate. Yeah. Who was your uh, favorite Red Sox player growing up? Uh, as a young kid, Ellis Burks. I was obsessed ah. with Ellis Burks when I was like really young. And then uh, Nomar came around. He had Nomar fever. But then Pedro, I mean, has really, in my you know late teens, 20s, I mean, he there's never been an athlete like that in a city. It just was insane because there's a huge Dominican population, and he was so fun. It was magical. Both interesting guys. Pedro doesn't come there if the Montreal Expos don't go down the toilet. Right. Right, because they had the world's greatest team, and then they all dispersed. Right. Okay, and then Nomar, first 10 years of that guy's career, nine years, great player. And then... He was amazing. I mean, he hit he hit three fifty seven yeah. one year, and then he hit three seventy two. I think, yeah. or he was hitting three seventy two. It was he like insane. And, and then, then he like, fell in love with Mia Hamm. And then no, and the then shooter. somewhere in two thousand four, when they're just about to pop that one year, and they jettison him, and they win the World Series. Yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's like Don Mattingly of Which the is Red Sox, right? Because Don Mattingly, same kind of thing. He was great, Mattingly but never got, got the hurt. win. But, well, but yeah. he missed the dynasty. He well, quit Mattingly, the year before. Mattingly was great all the years, and then got hurt. But he was still, you know, he could still play. He just couldn't. Wait, do you feel like as a Red Sox fan, you've lost your way since they won? It's, I mean, I feel like there's no. I feel like as a Yankee fan, even though I'm a transplant Yankee fan, I feel like the whole thing got lost. Even though it's great they won, but that once they once they won, it felt I, like I it feel like it uh, got lost. Do you the, agree? The way no? I describe it is like the entire town jerked off. Right, (laughs) they're just a little more relaxed now. Yeah, it definitely changed. I remember the next year they lost to the White Sox in the playoffs, and I remember people being like, "Oh God!" And I was like, "Who gives a shit?" I mean, like, I'm like, I don't even. I'm I'm still high from last year, so it definitely changed. It changed my sports fandom a lot. Like, I got a little, uh, way more. Like, I was hospitalized in '03 during the ALCS. What? I went. I was shitting blood, literally. Like, I had like blood in my stool, and I was like losing my mind Wait, from drinking or anxiety. It might have been both, but like, I went and the doctors. We did all these tests and CAT scans and all this crazy. He's like, "Have you been under a lot of stress?" And I'm like, "Are you watching these games?" This is insane. It was like the morning of uh, Game Seven. But that series was like insane. It was just unbelievable. So, I mean, obviously, I had other life stuff going on, but that was the main. All right. So I, let's, so I think though, trying to win is so much more like it's you're so oh. much more into your team when you need it, and then when you get it all the time, it's not. Well, if you haven't won in eighty, you know, I don't that's know what it is. Long. But that's what I feel like about the Red Sox and the Yankees. The Red, the whole Red Sox Yankees lost their. Well, look at the Eagles. I you watch you yeah, watch yeah, the same see, thing. Those people will way will be way better. Yeah. My 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 whole Gina's from. Uh, Philly, yeah. Fathers from you could just tell the tension right. in their faces. Even in the five years I know them, you know, yeah. And now they're like, you know, they're like loosey goosey. They're yeah. smoking cigars. No, that because that's like my parents with Virginia. They're big Virginia fans, and I feel oh, like, oh yeah, same thing. They won, and they're just it's like they 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 have no, so they, much anxiety. My they won mom, the ACC until they win the national. When my mom watches Virginia, she she can't watch the game. She walks around the, the outside <laughs> right. of the corridor of the thing. But one, now that they're winning, they don't know what to do with themselves. Like they they just like expect to lose it's hard when they're winning it's, <laughs> right. it's a weird thing I don't yeah. know. it's a weird team when a team that expects to lose starts winning yes it's bizarre but well, then you love it 2000 so let's go to two big moments 2003 yes Aaron Boone hits the home run you're not 
almost hospitalized. Now what are you? Catatonic? I mean, we didn't talk about it. It was pretty. It was. I mean, it was pretty amazing. My we were playing. We were at my sister's house, and there was a pool table in this back room, and my f- mother and father had a side pool game going on in between because it was an extra innings. It was a yes. five hour. They're all five hour game. Yeah. So they were playing pool in between innings and all the pitching changes. And that home run, the Boone home run, I don't know if it was the first pitch or the second pitch of the inning. inning, And so they were still in the other room, and they heard all of us go, ah! And my dad came out, and he went, who hit it? And we said, Boone, and he was putting his coat on. That's the only thing we (laughs) talked about. Nobody, my dad missed it. He just said, who hit it? We got in the car. The next day, my buddy Derek and I were coming here to New York for like a Halloween party. And we never spoke about it. It just was, we couldn't talk about it. So let's go to a year later. I'll make you happy. That we could talk about. (laughs) Um, A year, one year later, same game. We get basically back to the same point one year later. Yeah, amazing. And then they were down three nothing. And I think that they lost sixteen to eight in game three. I had and everyone had submitted though, right? Cut to every single Boston guy was saying to me here, "You did it again. Congratulations!" And I literally said, "You have." No idea about this team. Nope. Right. I said to them, nope, you got to win the fourth game. The Yankees, that was luck. And the fourth the Yankees, game was over. The Yankees starting pitching was abysmal. Right. And they just happened. Uh, John Lieber threw the best game of his life. Right. In like game two, like literally the best game of his life. Right. That one day. And then the bloody sock. Thing and then happened. Schilling came back. And then the third one, they just ha- just would. Both teams hammered the ball all over the place. 16, eight, but it was close. It right, got right. so crazy. They were up like 16-2. Then it was like 16. The Yankees could just innings ran out. Right, right. Lost. So I'm like, no, this is going to be weird. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was amazing. But then it seemed like it was all over. They had, you know, Mo in there. But it, it, he the walk and yeah. then the Dave Roberts. I mean, Dave, the, the whole whole Dave Roberts thing. Yeah. If you rewatch that, there's so many pickoff attempts that yeah. are so close. And then Inches. Roberts is making that face. Where he's like, yeah. <laughs> it was cl- it doesn't was know if he got in. Really yeah. magical. And yeah. then once he swiped the bag, now you're like, all right, we're in business. And then uh, Miller gets the base hit. Now it's tied. And now you're like, okay. What happened to Miller? He just disappeared. He was um, such a pest. That I don't even know. Was really pesky. Yeah, terrific. Uh, pl- third the, baseman. The whole the, clutch. Magical. Yeah, he left. And then Mike Lowell came in. Yeah, and Lowell. then no, nobody missed a beat. They were like, this guy's great. He was the Yankees kind of had Lowell. It was like, no. Nah. But um, yeah, that was magical. And then the next game was one of the best games in history. Game five. Yeah. That was that. Uh, Big poppy the, home run. Same yeah. kind of thing. It went to the thing. But now. That I one, there was the flare. Well, he hit the home run in game four. Game five, he won it with uh, the little flare. The Yankees what got the, to game seven. I was like, we're done. I hated Kevin Brown. I'm like, this guy. Oh, there's no, he was a flop. He, he was God, such he was a flop, flop for us. I was like, fortune. there's no way he's going to throw two good games. Or get out of this twice, no. and we were he was warming up in the outfield, and he had this like weird style where he turned his back. You know, he's like a submariner yeah. kind of. He couldn't even turn like he, he couldn't turn his back anymore. I'm nervous. watching him warm up. I'm like, not too nervous. He was just done. Like he was paid like thirty million dollars a year, and he was gonna crawl out to the mound. Right. He was just done, and I was like, they're done. But they're, do you like the Red Sox done. now? I feel like they only they don't what? can't he find the like, but they can't find the guys. I mean, no, I'm saying like dude, this team now is like unsatisfying <laughs> for the Red Sox fans. I love I love they have I like Dustin the team. Pedroia. Like he's a real Red Sox. Like he's the guy, but they can't, they need more of him. I can't they can't find him. Well, I like the they young got, talent. They got Benintendi, the new he's guy. He's the new guy. Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah, like and then Mookie that. Betts, I love. He had a kind of a, not a great season last year, but um, yeah, just they like just it. need pop, and they just got it with just, uh, JD Martinez. Martinez. So last year it was frustrating because no one could. Haunt, you need someone to clear the bases, right? And like you just can't rely on timely hitting for six months. <laughs> they would have a guy on first, and then yeah, they couldn't get him out, like and then they have a guy on second, and then you couldn't. You need someone to just. You need that. Cl- you need the timely hitting, no matter what it is. But I can make a case for the Red Sox, uh, position by position. I went through this last night. Other than catcher, maybe. 
with Gary Sanchez. I can make a case for Red Sox almost winning every position. Like left mm. field, Brett Gardner, I'm not a huge fan. I'd take Ben Attendee. Yeah. Uh, center field, uh, Aaron Hicks. I would take, um, is it, who plays center? Um, Betts is in center. Yeah. No, uh, Betts is in right. Center is Br- Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley. It's close. Yeah. Right? Now, then, now right field, Mookie Betts is a great player. He finished in the top, whatever. I mean, Aaron Judge, Mookie Betts. Right. They're pretty good. They're pretty close. I mean, it's a home run hitter or all all-around player. Yeah. I mean, Betts was uh, second or third in MVP yeah, two years exactly. ago. exactly. We don't have a third baseman or a second baseman right now. We literally, as this podcast, we signed Neil Walker, so clearly they didn't like what's going on in second base, even though Gleyber Torres will eventually be the Yankees' second baseman. No, but I feel like both but teams need we don't more have person- a second. They need more Wait, players. Ra- let me finish. Rafael Devers at yes. third. That guy's a stud. Yes. Flat-out stud. Yes. We don't have anybody like that. Xander Bogart should be a stud. Yeah, had yeah, an a little off season. Off season. Last year, yeah. All right, so Didi might have had him last year, but that should be comparable. Uh, first base is it JD Martinez at first, or is he going to play? I believe he's going to DH. So who's the first baseman? Uh, Mitch Moreland. That's, I think they're going to platoon a little bit with Ramirez. We have Greg Bird, who's hitting 093 in, <laughs> in spring training, but that doesn't mean anything. So really, catcher is the one. The Yankees, and then DH maybe, but JD Martinez and. Right. So it's pretty close, and really the Yankees' big strength. And pitching-wise, the if Chris Sale does what Chris Sale does, it's even. The, the Yankees have a little mid in the middle of the bullpen, right. maybe a little right, right. advantage. Yeah, we'll see. It's very close. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It'll be, It'll be very fun. interesting, very interesting I year. don't think so. I feel like the Yankees have these personalities, but the Red Sox don't have. They need the Yankees more, just hit need, a lot of home runs. They need more Dustin Pedroia's, like more Boston guys. Right. Pedroia's out also. You mean white guys, or what are you saying? You no, know, just like guys that kind of reflect to me what Boston's about. Yeah, white like dudes. Dust, no, no, it can be. It can be. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or Dominican. That's a good point. That's a good point. You got a good point. Doesn't Pedro have a son, for God's sake? Well, there's all these horrible stories about no, but Boston Yankees people go out killing minorities for not winning. You know, being good. You mean Larry? Nobody they, bothers Dustin Pedroia. They like Larry Bird. Is That's he true. white? Yeah, he's pretty white. <laughs> he's pretty no, white. But, but New York has all these guys now, right? They got the big stars now, and then the well, Red they, Sox—they're all homegrown now. That's they need to yeah. match that. The Red Sox need to. They match They did. These. They they do match this. They just they need to just be good at the same time, which should happen this year. Yeah. Who do, who Red Sox match Aaron Judge and Stan? Those two guys. Who do, who they have to match those two guys? Ben Benintendi, Mookie Betts. Who those two guys are on ESPN every single day. So everyone starts hating the Yankees right away. Chris Sale is a big big name. He's the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, maybe I could say him. But they, they that's what I'm waiting for these two big guys. Well, it's coming. It's all coming together at it's one time. It's coming together, baby. This is, <laughs> this is the year. Oh, Jesus. 2018. Esty is downtown as a big Yankees fan. Yes. How does that go? You shut up or? Um, yeah, I try not to. I think she forgets sometimes. <laughs> and, and then so she's I'll, like, oh, yeah. But I don't, shut up, Joe. I don't see Esty too much because uh, I don't, I'm not. I'm on road a lot on weekends. So when I see her, I try not to bring it up too much. But I think she's okay. I think I'm in it enough that I can. But are you, are you an ever, all Boston fan like you like the Celtics? Yeah, and yeah. Then the the hockey oh, yeah. team, the yeah. whole freaking thing. Yeah, Bruins are my big. I'm the biggest hockey's my and biggest. You like the Patriots, thing. And the Patriots I love. And oh, so you're like all in on everything. Yeah, well, Patriots I lose in my mind the most because that's the most trash talky sport, and everybody hates the Patriots. So that's yeah. the one I want them to win the most. So yeah. that was frustrating. The like, uh, like okay, so that's exactly perfect example. Like, yeah, the Patriots have Tom freaking Brady. Yeah, like the the Red Sox right now don't have Tom Brady. They don't have a Tom Brady type. That's what I'm searching for for the Red Sox. Well, there's right, very well, few Tom Brady types. Yeah. Also. There's, I mean, but in the history of sports. He, but the Red Sox have always had them. You could argue that they had them those years. Pedro, Pedro Schilling, Clemens before that. Uh, right. David Ortiz. Like, I need. That's what I don't that, think you're tapped in for. enough. Let's see what happens this year with Noma. I mean, with um, Mookie Betts and these guys are pretty good. Players. They don't Benintendi. 
Brady's a really no. Good I'm not player. saying they're not good players. I'm just saying they don't. They need that Tom Brady type personality on that team. I think it's Benatendi. You cannot. The Yankees could not get that guy out last year. It was yeah. amazing. Um, is there any guy you hate it? Growing up, like when this guy got up, like you just could we just get rid of this guy? Oh God, there was plenty. I never liked Kevin Millar. I mean, I really? thought he was a big windbag asshole <laughs> idiot, <laughs> yeah. the cowboy up, and the Jack Daniel. He's a goof, and I never thought he was a good producer. Um, I mean, the walk was nice, but even then, yeah. I was like, I can't stand this goddamn guy. <laughs> and then that 04 year, Mark I Bellhorn was a great example. I was like, I, I hate Bell. He su- <laughs> he'd strike out every time, and then he hit the game winner in Game Six and yeah. Game One. And we were talking about this, I think, before, or maybe it was. During, I, Mark Bellhorn is the most forgotten guy. He hit a game-winning World Series home oh, run off yeah. the foul pole in game one <laughs> of do. the World Series, and he won game six. Name. I barely remember no, the I name. Remember. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He won game six of the ALCS as well. The one that, if you remember, it, it hit, and they called it a double at first, yes. and they reviewed. And yeah. Um, but, yeah, I hated him because he struck out all the time. There was a few guys. It's funny you say that because when in 78, Bucky Dent, you're too young for this one, but Bucky Dent. But I, I know it well. I hated right. Bucky Dent. <laughs> right. He was terrible. <laughs> right. Never got a hit. He hit that home run I was, he's he's in for life but nobody remembers the 99.9 rest of his right. hitting career it was right. brutal well that was also a Fenway home run I mean that was yes. a fly ball out no. bullshit no, <laughs> no. that's the way it goes you know a lot of it happens in Yankee Stadium too right everything flies out of there and then Yaz is knee buckling which is such a uh, video like it goes out and like Yaz like kind of like buckles it's like a weird <laughs> well he's an old man but he I looked up his career holy shit he was a great player yeah yeah Oof. Um, we'll get to him later in the quiz. Possibly. Oh. Ooh. Anyway, we're done with that segment. That was nice. it. That's it. Bye. We bought the Red Sox. We got a preview. It's going to be good this year. Right, Joe? I'm excited. All right. Let's do three. We take a hard corner usually on our three. I want to talk about uh, mental health. You've you've since you have a lot of history with panic attacks. Yes. You talk about this a lot in your act, which is one, I think, amazing because it's you've made it funny. Oh, you thank know, you. Like really funny. And uh and so people like side with you and it's you have again amazing stories about this but this goes back how long like since high school or no i started having panic attacks in like um in my 20s probably like oh two oh three right around the red Sox. <laughs> no it was like probably oh two or oh three maybe it was later i don't know it was around there like in my 20s and why what um, do you think i don't know well now i'm in therapy and i'm helping that like it's just disconnection and fear and they're like you know my parents are my dad my mother's super anxious that's how she sort of relates to everything it's all through anxiety all worry did she have it she never had panic attacks but like i found out later my dad's father did and like my uncle his brother how does it man what is a panic attack what does it manifest like like? for me it's like uh i will like a a full-on panic attack i'm shaking that's like the main thing like Like physically yeah yeah physically shaking and you can uh, feel it coming on I can feel it coming on. It will slowly start to come on. And I can feel, I'll feel it like in my neck. My pulse starts going, and I feel pins and needles, oh, and uh, it's and like, brutal. At any point, could you be driving? Could you be on stage? Could you be... What happens if you're on stage? It happened to be on stage. Like, it's happened to me. It, they came back. They went away for years, and then last year, I was getting married in the summer, so it was sort of <laughs> had something to do with that. Stressful. But, um, yeah, I had a panic attack at the St. Louis Funny Bone throughout a show. It was like a 45-minute headlining set, and I was losing my mind the whole oh, time. Oh, shit. And but the, like you're, kind of le- you're trying to contain this attack yeah. and yeah. still deliver, oh, shit. Yeah, but no one's really noticing, because I, I have the set recorded. Like, you can't really tell, because I'm killing, because you have... I know how to do... I know the jokes. So you're right. just standing there saying the jokes, but and the, I'm shaking, but I'm trying to kind of move like I'm, and act like I'm not... Yeah, yeah. Shaking, in, you yeah. kind of add a little like, ah. Yeah. You look like, you know, Lewis Black or whatever. 
This but, guy's got um, great energy. Yeah, mentally, you're kind of losing your mind. And my last Conan set, I was having a panic attack as they were bringing me out. I flubbed a line. I got all like... And so, uh, yeah, it just oh my God. it happens. It's scary. But it's physical, then. I mean, yeah. It's, I didn't know it, manifest, it manifests itself physically. That's yeah, all my hard. anxiety manifests physically. I've had so many different things. I've had hives for a long time. I would take like a Claritin every three days because I'd be breaking out in hives yeah. and be all itchy. I've had pins and needles in my... I've had migraine headaches that come out of nowhere. That's out of awful. Nowhere? Have you yeah. had migraine before? I don't eh, know. I, really. I assume they were from stress. It just like they'd come out of nowhere, but I could feel them coming because my eyesight would go a little blurry. Right, and I'd be like, "Oh shit, here comes this big ass migraine." And then so I my kept the pills forever, and I still have them with me in my backpack. Like I just take a migraine pill. Right. But it's that same kind of thing. It, it's awful to live with that because you don't know when the hell they're coming. Yeah, I'll have that. I'll get like ice pick headaches sometimes where it just feels like someone's shooting yeah. you in the head. That was the biggest, uh, hardest thing is like, I don't know when a migraine could come. It could come at any time. Like, and then you have to pump these pills down then rest for like 15 minutes and you could be back to normal. Right. My sister, uh, she somehow developed panic attacks. Because she didn't have them as a kid. But she's, I'd say, okay, what's going on with you? Like high stress job situation with her. Right. And then my niece, we, she was on a plane. My niece is like, uh, when she's nine now, but when she was like eight, eight, seven and a half, they were on a plane going somewhere and she fainted on the plane. And wow. since that time, every once in a while, she has this thing where she's just got to go to her room and lay down because that's how she's learned to deal with it. She right. Has pa- she has a little panic. Your sister. Attack. My niece. Oh, your niece. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people have. Now, what, why? I mean, I mean, what did you do? You have something? Is it? It doesn't have to do with because co- performing comedy is so stressful. Though, yeah, though. I, I mean, can see how that would be. Or no? Uh you well, usually comedy is like it's helpful because you feel like you're in control. I mean, panic attack base essentially is you feel like you're losing control of everything. You're gonna die. It feels like the walls are caving in. Oh, wow. You can't really do anything. And then the problem is, I mean, now I've learned a lot more about it. Is that you try to stop it. And the, the real thing is to accept that you're anxious and feel the anxiety and just sort of be part of it. But instead, your, your natural instinct is to fight it, which is actually what brings it on. Because you start thinking, what and if I have a panic attack right If here? you don't talk about it, too, you keep it to yourself, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like you start to go, what if I had a panic attack yeah. right now? And then all it takes is that seed and it starts rolling. Because oh you're like, yeah, oh my yeah, God, yeah. what will I do? Is it happening? It is happening. And so then you sort of manifest it. You have to just accept. Uh, so my therapist always it's a, all about accepting your worst Fear. What actually helped was having a panic attack during Conan, and then headline the set. He's like, "So your worst fear is having a panic attack. You had a panic attack in front of three hundred people or a million people on yeah. Conan, and it was fine." He's like, "Nobody <laughs> noticed. You were still good. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Well, you true. performed that's a whole true. show. So that helps a lot. But it's basically just disconnection. You're disconnected. So you don't from think reality. you're dying, really? No, I understand. It's a panic attack. At first, the first when I first started happening, it felt like because it feels very similar to a heart attack, and you're like, "I'm dying. I'm going to be dying right here." It definitely feels like dying. Okay. And then you're like, "Well, maybe it is real." Like, did you go to the hospital the first couple of times? Like, should I get me to the hospital? I'm dying. I went to the hospital after I was done with the panic attack, being like, "There's something wrong with my heart. There's something wrong with my head." That's when I was <laughs> shitting blood yeah. and all that stuff. So, it's um. So how do you? What do you? What's like if you had one right now, what's the first thing you do? Just re- relax. Lay he's down. having one right now. No, no you try to. Uh, <laughs> just well, you start to recognize it early one. that you go, oh, I'm just having anxiety because that's the first thing is you go, oh yeah, that's just anxiety. I'm just, it's just anxiety, and you know, fear is just fear, and that's an important thing to remember in life, even if you don't have anxiety, that your thoughts are not reality. But that's what you have. You think, oh, I'm think I'm thinking this, so it's reality. But in reality. It's not. We're just sitting here. Right. So you kind of start believing your own thoughts and fears, which can happen in every like ego, all that stuff. 
you think that you're this or that. Does anything trigger this? Like, if you ever been on a date and you get anxious? Yeah, I've had that. Like, yeah, there's all kinds of anything can trigger it. Just a conversation. Like now, the thing that makes me anxious is like any kind of confrontation where I feel like I gotta say something or somebody. But isn't every time you walk on stage kind of a confrontation? It could be. Yeah, like last <laughs> night, Luis Gomez was hosting. He got into it with a guy in the crowd and he was like shut up you fucking homo and i'm like i'm about to go on and that would get me juice because oh, i'm like what geez. if this guy wants to fight me or kill me so there's a lot of uh it's basically a fear of a danger i'm in danger well, i have a lot of that i feel Boston. like i got a lot of that he's helping yeah. me right now there are you happy lenny he's helping me Is well he? yeah yeah no because i feel like i got tons of things i have that all the time From where i what? play just play mental games like i'm dying i'm, I'm really dead. i'm having a heart attack Neil's i get the most goosey. i thought you would your younger brother should have panic attacks. no my little brother used to but he doesn't there anymore. you go yeah because he's high everyone i mean has just varying degrees of you know well, that's the thing is too. You have to remember, there's some normal anxiety. It's a hard thing because sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm anxious. I'm, I'm losing my mind. Like before Conan, and then you realize you're like, yeah, you should be anxious. You're performing on television, yeah. Yeah. so that's a place to be anxious. Oh, good. So you confused normal anxiety with, you know, whatever. Like you just go, oh, I'm anxious. I should yeah, feel I think anxious. The I think the nerves. I think I asked you earlier about that, but I didn't before we even talked about this. But I, I asked you if you how nervous were you because I feel like the nerves of performing are out of control are you, for me they always were let me ask you a stupid question when i'm doing remember, letterman were you nervous i'm not nervous for you i'm just i only thing that made me mad about letterman but that was that that pick i was having a conversation with dave Roll oh, right, and that guy. no no i don't i don't i don't <laughs> i don't i'm not nervous for you i had total faith in you i All don't right. get nervous for other people just so my just own i'm you. just selfish yeah but you i'm played, just worried about Neil myself was a big time basketball player you know like uh played no, I don't get nervous then. You didn't it, get nervous I before a game? I, never get, I would never get nervous if I was totally prepared for shit. Okay. But when I did stand-up, I was definitely much more nervous because I wasn't prepared. I mean, even though I wrote and prepared and practiced, I just didn't believe in it as much. So I therefore, see. it made me much more nervous. Right. Like, than like acting or sketch comedy, it was, I was much more relaxed. You didn't I, have to, did you have to drink to calm down? I never drank because I always would never drink before a show because I was Id an idiot, I guess. Because <laughs> I was like, I'm dedicating my life to this. I'm going to do it right. You know what I mean? How yeah, could, that's what I tried how, to do for yeah, a while. Yeah. How would I drink before? Th that would ruin this. I would never do that. It turns out that was a bad decision because <laughs> all the other comics were drinking and writing together and hanging and going on to do movies and I was in my room by myself working on jokes. <laughs> Is there any meds for this? <laughs> I took Paxil for years. Like Xanax will help you with like a panic attack or whatever the other one is that people take that... Uh, Zola, Zola, whatever. Okay. But I took, I took Xanax. I mean, um, Paxil for years. But I, I, then I just wanted to be off. I mean, first of all, I couldn't afford it. I no longer had insurance, and I didn't want to be like one of these people that just is on all this medicine. Right. So I started getting into Buddhism and therapy and all that stuff, which That's helps helped. to some degree. Yeah, okay. it helps a lot. Therapy oh, has helped oh, the so most. So you meditate every day. I try to, yeah. I really? do a, a fair amount. And well, that's pretty good for I you. got really into Thich Nhat Hanh, who's written about 80 books. And, oh, um, he performs here at the... Um, performs. Yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> he does whatever he does at the Beacon. Yeah, he does like a guided meditation. Because I can never such. read that guy's name. That's yeah. how you pronounce it? Thich Nhat Hanh, yeah. And then there's a woman named Tara Brock. I listen to her podcast. She has a guided meditation and these like TED Talk type things. Yeah. And those are helpful. But therapy is the best thing because it's like talking about you and not this broad and why, thing. Like and you get to the source of it. Um, Kevin Love just had this, you know this, right? Uh, the guy from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, I heard a little bit about that. Yeah, and he had he had to come out in a meeting in front of all these black dudes and go, "Yeah, I get panic attacks. So right, sometimes, right. you know, I'm not myself." Yeah, it's and they're uh, looking at him like he's the softest 
We're, like, come on, man. Yeah, it's scary, but I mean, you lose your mind. And also, it feels like nobody else can understand what's happening. You feel that's the thing. It's, a, it's extreme isolation. It feels like this thing is happening to you and everybody else is just having this normal life and you're losing your mind. So it helps a lot to find that other people have it. Like, I remember going to therapy back then and she's like, yeah, you have a uh, panic disorder and generalizing. And once you have a name for it, you're like, oh, so this is a thing. This isn't some you think you have like Joe List disease. This like this unique. <laughs> you're thing. the weirdo and everybody else is normal. Yeah. And you feel yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. cursed. You're but retiring. You're, not. you're making a retirement speech. On the yeah. Field. And it's all learned behavior, too, which was a big thing. My therapist taught me that like most mental stuff is learned. Like there's extreme bipolar is like a could be like a hereditary disease or whatever. But like most things you've learned, even depression. That's how you've learned you to learned. deal with the thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You've picked that up. So if you can learn it, you can unlearn it. You don't have any panic attacks? I've never seen you never. Do anything like that. You're too... Yeah, you've never even gone to therapy. Never. That's crazy. No, because you do that. <laughs> that. That's your little thing. That, that protects you right there. What? That, that thing. Never. What, ne- I don't, I'm too smart for that. I'm not too smart for that. If I thought I needed help, I would go. You know, something right. tragic. I never had any tragedy. I'm it's not taking it that way. This feels like you guys have <laughs> a deep thing from years ago. People get mad no, when you Lenny, tell them you don't go to therapy. Lenny's too smart for all that shit. Like if bipolar tried to sneak in his brain, he'd be like, I don't think so. I'm <laughs> well, just fucking too smart for you. But I don't, I don't like get you. mad if you seem fine. I get mad when people don't go to therapy who are fucking wild animals. Like you can't <laughs> hang out with them and you're like, dude, you right. got to go do something. Right. No, I like to think I'm the voice of reason, which sometimes can be a little ridiculous. But yeah. All right. But yeah. I, if I came to the cellar and you threw food at me and were like pounding the table, I'd be like, go yeah. to therapy. You, oh, you, yeah. So you should go to therapy. <laughs> yeah. If that's the answer, you should go. Now, but uh, now let's talk about mental health. But we, we can't talk about mental health now without the whole thing. Everyone's buzzword is like mental health. When go someone ahead. goes and shoots somebody, everyone's like, oh, you got to work on mental health. You know what I mean? Like, so it's all fucked up now because everyone's like got... Everyone, when they hear mental health, now they just think it's this extreme thing. Right, right. And then less people will get help because it's not everyone's, uh, in my mind, I knew right away, I don't know where I learned that everyone's really weird, that no one's normal. Like, (laughs) right, right. I think as long as you understand that, that way people go for help all the time and talk about it when they realize, oh, I'm not, not." because you keep it in when you think I'm. I don't want to tell anybody because it'll make me not normal. Yeah, well, there's also a stigma about therapy because yeah. people like Lenny dismiss it. Like I don't know. That, no, I, let's I'm, go back. I'm I don't joking. dismiss it. But you're I do, Jewish for I God's sake. You, How can you dismiss I'm it? It's like Jew your birthright. Therapy. <laughs> That's true. Like the like. I think if you think you need it, you probably do need it. Right. Right. But, but, but no people one in are, Texas is going to therapy. I grew up in Texas. No one in Texas is going to therapy. That's something you saw in a Woody Allen film. Right, right. <laughs> That's fucking people crazy. are afraid yeah. of it. People think it's weird. Yeah, my yeah. family too. My brother-in-law, people, I, I talk to them and they're like, what are you, crazy? I'm not going, why would I do that? Right. Well, that's, you know. But you're like, for 45 minutes a week, you could feel endlessly better, just wildly <laughs> better. But yeah. like, ah, three hours a month. A there lot. you go. Like I say, I complain it out on stage. But how, your wife... Yes. Great Sarah Tolomash, she yes. has now learned to deal with this. How has she must be a saint in some ways in your eyes, or is how is she great at dealing with it? Or what would what does she do? So this would help other people as well. What does she do that helps you? Well, partly what she did was like, and I talked to my therapist about this, is like she puts a limit to it because she doesn't know what to do. So I'm freaking out and having a panic attack. She's like, I don't know what to do, okay? What what am I supposed to do? And then you go, oh, I'm going to have to lose my wife. I better take this back. (laughs) So it's actually nice because it puts like a cap on it, which is sometimes what you need. Like you want people to be like, oh, my God, what can I, I love you and just breathe, baby. But like she doesn't. Is that what you want? Or um, she's tough love. Like, come on, I guess Joe. it's like, I don't even corner. know what I want, but it's like oh. you, you have to express 
what you need, I guess. But she never knew. I never told her, so well, she just would go. Is, what I can't. What am I supposed to do? And is then I'm like, oh shit. There a pill to take when it starts? Like you know, the migraine. Pick it. There's no. Then I won't eat. Yeah, it. you could take like a Xanax or something. But I never wanted to be. Uh, I just didn't want to be on. So if you pop, drugs. if you feel it pop, that Xanax, it goes away for good. I think. I imagine. I mean, I haven't taken a Xanax yeah. in a long time. I, I took them for pleasure more than anything. Yeah, yeah. But, Bethel uh, took one on the trip to Italy that one time. Well, you, it just Bethel's, knocked the piss out of her. She, well, Bethel's she, also very. We couldn't get her off the plane though. She was like <laughs> drooling down the side of her mouth. She took like she was. One, she was so stressed out about flying. She hates flying. Like she cries when she flies. <laughs> oh jeez. So I go. My brother gave me a Xanax. I'll just flip her a Xanax. It was my fault. So I flipped her a Xanax, and I was like, he said, just take half, and she's like, eh. So she takes it, and but we can't get her off the freaking plane. <laughs> right. Oh, she's literally drooling in the back of the plane, and, and she doesn't even remember the first yeah. like part of the trip. Oh wow, that's yeah. a heavy. Like, Clonopin yeah. was the other one. Like I would oh, take yeah. the. I took those a few times, and I'm like, that was just like. Oh, that was on Homeland, right? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't that the one she was doing on Homeland? Is that how you right? do your medication? That's how I do. Yeah. No, that's serious shit. If it's on Homeland, oh, what did that do to you? That was simple, but it would just make you so dra- like Loopy. out of it. You're like yeah. a yeah, you're like just, just catatonic on the couch. Yeah, just like no. I mean, I would be out. And about, but you're like, what? Like everything was slow. Oh, you could. Oh, wow. And I'm like, this isn't helping. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How you feel now? I feel pretty These good. Days. I mean, I'm better than ever, but like it, it comes up, it pops up. I have anxiety. I have uh, tonight, my ears are ringing. I always have physical things and worried about stuff, but I go to therapy every week and that helps. It helps so yeah. is it, but fina- that's the thing. Is it you, financial stress? Like that, does that stress you out? Like, no, it's just general anxiety, learn. Oh, because I'm, crazy trying, to, I'm stuff. trying to help myself here, like because I got financial stress. Oh, all I got the time. you. No, I'm, I mean I'm doing all right financially, but then it doesn't. You have to deal with the actual deep problem. It's that where it came from and how it, you learn to yeah. relate with things. Because otherwise, like if I just had a million dollars, I would still be stressed that I'm going to oh, so have think cancer it's or whatever. Deep down, family shit. Then for sure. I mean, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's how you definitely? Yeah. What's oh, your problem? Shit. Damn, I don't yeah, got deep down family I have a shit. Good, I don't know. Mommy, I don't have any good. My my mom and dad were too damn good. Damn but it. that's the thing. If you think this is the other problem, is you think like my parents were always there. My dad would play catch. There's love. It doesn't mean that you weren't just because you weren't abused or abandoned. Doesn't mean there's not. They, like, my mother's just an anxious person, so I learned how to relate through anxiety. anxiety. Yeah, no, my mom is super anxious, but I, I don't some have it. I'm just trying to find the excuse of where it all went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> He's always trying to find that excuse where it all went wrong. All right, we're done. Oh, that was good. All right, so now our last one. Let's Wait, go. Wait, because you said before you thought we were going to help people. Do you feel like we help people? I in that definitely segment? think we help people in that segment. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. fear is just fear. Everybody, fear that could be your mantra. Fear is just fear. If you I'm need help, go get mental tomorrow. health. Yeah. You got a guy who changed his life around by going to therapy. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we learned a lot. I guess we helped. And your some thoughts people. are not reality. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. Um, this last one I want to do. We we in our fourth segment we do quizzes sometimes. Okay. Now um, I'm, I'm just going to say Neil now is uh, over. Oh, for fifty. How probably. many? We have we've done fifty shows or something. I'm afraid like that. to win. I'm the early. I'm like the Boston Red Sox in like the 90, 80, 90. Yeah, no. I mean, more yeah. recent. I might have some trouble here. He is at a, a loss because you know um, I don't have a panic attack, but Neil's never beaten anyone. Okay, at these oh, quizzes. So we'll oh, get, wait what we do is up. we put Neil in the soundproof booth, All right. and then we do you, and he comes back, and we see if he can. Oh, there's a real soundproof this is a real booth? booth. The yeah. hallway. All right. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Why is there you go? He cheats like a motherfucker. Like he'll cheat. He he's so competitive. We all are, but we you know he oh, wow. won't cheat. But well, so, I'm nervous. I have no way of cheating here. I'm he, terrified. Don't don't be terrified. These are all. He doesn't know anything about the Red Sox, really. I mean, he knows what we watched in the last couple of years. All right. So these are this is a Red Sox quiz, and I'm thinking it's true false. Okay. All right. So really, you know. All right. Let's put the we put time on the clock for just because um, in case there's a tie, we'll see who did it quicker. Okay. But. 
Here we go. Number one, Roger Clemens had over 40 wins in his three seasons pitching in the National League. Over 40 wins? Over 40 wins. Total. Total. In three years yep. in the National League? That's right. Uh, I would say that's true. I feel like he had some good seasons with Houston. Nope. Wow. 38. Oh, jeez. These well, are like tough questions. Uh, well, I got to make them hard because you're a Boston guy, but whatever. Right, don't worry. Right. Neil will fuck it up. The highest salary, the highest salary the Red Sox ever paid Roger Clemens for one year was under $6 million. Um, boy, that I mean that was a long time. We're talking ninety six here. I mean six million. I'm gonna say the highest. The highest they ever paid him was like six million dollars. I'm gonna say true. True. Very good. Fenway Park was named after Boston's Fenway District, where it sits amid the former mudflats known as the Fens. The Fens. That is true. It's the true. What is the Fens? I don't know. That's still the it's area. Like place it's just this swampy fence. area. Yeah, it's like a grassy thing. I still call it the fence. All right, number four. There is a statue outside of Fenway Park erected in 2010 known as the War Four. Ted Williams, Bobby Doerr, Johnny Pesky, and Dom DiMaggio depicted the four war-era Red Sox. The name of that statue. You know the statue I'm talking about? Yes. It's called the War Four. Is that true or false? I thought it was called the Teammates. That is correct. David Havelstam book. That's correct. See? See stuff like that. I read that book. I love that book. Yeah. Neil number five. Neil Diamond's hit Sweet Caroline was first released in 1969, became an eighth inning tradition at Fenway Park in 2004 during the World Series playoff run. Wait, hold on. Say that again. The Sweet Caroline song that they do at the eighth inning. That was started in during 2004 during that playoff run. Um I remember it being during the regular season because I was at the Patriots Day game of 2004. So I would say true-ish. I mean, it's, it was going on during the regular season we were singing that song. So you, is it true or false? I mean, I'm going to say that's false then false. because... It is false, but you, you have the wrong reason. It, the, it's false. It started in 2002. Okay, I, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm a new, I knew yeah. it was during the regular season we were doing it. You're four out of five, Joe. Relax. I appreciate it. Great. Wade Box won five. Trust yourself. Wade Box won five American League batting titles with the Red Sox. Uh, that sounds about right. I'm going to say true. True. 1967 Red Sox had the league MVP Carl Yastrzemski and the Cy Young Award winner Jim Lonborg. Uh, that is true. True. When I became a dentist after his career. <laughs> That's true too. Eight. Yaz won the batting title the following year as well as well with a 301 batting average. I know he won the batting title in 67. It was very low. It was around that area. I don't know about 68, so this is going to be a guess. I will say false. Now the answer was true. Damn it. He won 67, the big year when he won the MVP. He, had, he won the Triple Crown, I think. But it was and a he, very low batting no, no, average. No, he had a high. Uh, he had a killer batting average. Oh, really? The next year when he won the batting titles, this question, oh, he had 301. I was thinking it was that year. All, All right. right. I hate myself. <laughs> Boston's last to first turnaround in 1967 is called The Impossible Dream. Season. Yes. True. True. 10. Despite the fact he can't throw to first and pitched in Fenway Park, John Lester holds the record for most wins by a Red Sox left-handed pitcher. Left-handed pitcher. For the most wins by a lefty. I got to say, Bruce, I mean, Bruce Hurst doesn't have more than him. I'm going to say this is false. It is false, but it's not Bruce Hurst. It's Mel Parnell. Oh, Bruce wow. Still got Old right. school. Yep. 11. To- local hero Tony Canigliero, a 19-year-old Red Sox rookie, was named... The 1964 American League Rookie of the Year after hitting 24 home runs in only 111 games while batting 290. I'll say that's true. It's false. It was Tony Oliva. 
Oh, damn. It felt early for Tony C, too. No, so that was a year. It took over 13 years for slugging Red Sox outfielder Jim Rice on to get on the Baseball Hall of Fame ballot before being elected. So it took over 13 years for him to be on that ballot before he made it to the Hall of Fame. Oh, that's the question? Yep. To make it onto the ballot? No, no. To make It was on the ballot for 13 years. I see. Oh, yes. Okay, so that's true. True. It was like 15 years. Um, 13. David Ortiz was released in 2002 by Minnesota after six years with the Twins. Up to that point, he never had more than 20 home runs in a season. Oh, boy. This feels like a tricky one. I'll, I'll say true. True. Never hit 20. I and can all of a sudden, they 21 and you're trying to, yeah. Who was the bat, the batting coach who f- fixed the hole in the swing? Some I forget the guy's name. If you, you tell me, I'll know it. Oh, I don't know. All right. But I can tell you this. He met his wife at Comedy Cafe in Appleton. Is that he was right? playing for the Appleton affiliate, ah. the Twins. That was his first date. Big Poppy. The, the day he walked out, I was like, okay, Yankees have a chance. Of doing something. That guy is just a killer. Yeah. I don't think we ever got him out. I swear to God. Either hit him, walked, or hit a home run. That's how I feel. It was magical. It was the only player ever that I felt like he was going to hit a home run every single at bat. Amazing. Number 14, Kevin Euclid, another one of my favorite, was a first baseman who took a toss who took a toss for the final out of the 2004 World Series. He wound up in a dispute with the Red Sox about the ownership of the ball, but eventually the situation was resolved and the ball went to the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Oh, that is false. That's Doug Mankiewicz. Correct. See. Number 15, Nomar Garcia-Para hit over 300 home runs in his major league career. I'm going to say that's false. I don't think he hit that many. False, 225. Yeah. 16, Jason Veritek was behind the plate for a record four no-hitters with four different Red Sox pitchers. That is true. True. I can name them, I think. Derek Lowe, you, Hideo yeah. Nomo, uh, John Laster, and... John Laster's the comedian. John Lester. John Lester. And, um, <laughs> is that three of them? Yeah. Uh, Give me the last one. Go ahead. Recent Who's the guy. Fourth? You just got rid of him, I think. He might still be on. Oh, uh, Clay Buckles. Correct. Nice. Seven, wait, is he still playing anywhere? I don't know. 17. He had so much promise, that guy. Back problems. 17. Former Red Sox center fielder Fred Lynn is the only player to win Rookie of the Year and Most Valuable Player Awards in the same year. That's true. No. That's not, not true? I thought so, too. Ichiro did it. Oh, get out of here. Forever. Oh, get out of here with oh, Ichiro. Oh, he's a that dirty one, Jap cheater. We'll see if Neil gets that one because Neil loves everything Japanese. We'll see. Wow. 18. He's not going to beat you, by the way. This oh. shot. 18. Dwight Evans wore number 24 as a member of the Red Sox. True. True. 19. Manny Ramirez won one MVP award in his career with the Cleveland Indians. I don't know that to be true. I know he should have. I mean, his, his stats were ridiculous. I will say that is... I'm going to say that's false. You are correct. I don't remember him winning win an MVP. One. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. Writers hated him, and he was killer. 20. Ted Williams knocked 200 hits in a season six times in his career. Um, boy, that feels like it could be, he could be one of those guys that never hit 200 hits. Uh, I'll say it's true. No, trust your instincts. <laughs> Joe, you literally said the answer. False. Zero. Too many walks. The guy had too many walks. Wow. He never had 200 yeah, hits. Yeah, I think they were playing season. 154 games back one, then. One, two. Oh, I should have just gone my instinct on three, that one. Damn four, it. Five. You got 15 out of 20. And if Neil gets 15 out of 20, I'll be shocked. That's not bad. That's right. 75%. Yeah. All right. We'll oh, that Ted Williams. I should have had the Ted Williams. This is a really hard quiz, and Neil, you did what? 
I've been on the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, see, so you, you, next time I gotta let you leave your phone here. That's your big <laughs> advantage for the next ten minutes. You try and figure out. All right, okay, yeah. Let's I see how much you everything. You memorize everything. Red Sox okay. were created in 1812. Let me get my buzzer ready. Let me get my buzzer ready. Here we go. Number one, Roger Clemens had over 40 wins in his three seasons pitching in the National League. Wait, say that again? Roger Clemens, remember he went to the National yeah, League? Went, yeah, to he went Houston to Houston for like three years. He had over yeah. 40 wins. I'd say that's true. No. Oh. 38. Thank you for not doing that for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, make, we put the pressure on Neil. No anxiety. It's bad when he missed the yeah. first one. I mean, could you imagine if I did this to Joe and he had a panic attack <laughs> on question three? Like, you come awful. in, I'm just quivering on the floor. <laughs> oh, my God. What have I done? Lenny wouldn't notice, just so you know. The <laughs> highest salary the Red Sox paid for Roger Clemens for one year was... Un- the highest salary the Red Sox paid Roger Clemens for one year was under $6 million. True. True. Because no one was getting paid a lot back then. You're Correct. just doing it for the love of the game. Then the Yankees paid him like $17 million in his final yeah. year of pitching. How sad is that? It wasn't until he started doing steroids that they really started paying him the right way. Yeah. Which is, again, yeah, why Sox, you should do steroids. Big you bargain a lot more money. Him. Number three, Fenway Park was named after Boston's Fenway District, where it sits amid the former mudflats known as the Fens. I mean, you don't even... A Boston fan knows that one. I mean, that's you're born with that knowledge. You know what? So I don't even think I should answer it. Of course it's true. <laughs> true. <laughs> I didn't know. A, that was a guess. <laughs> <laughs> There's a statue. I was trying to get him to like tip me off. I know. I can see you looking at me. It's like a poker <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. looks I for the sunglasses. Yes. Well, he went down, and because he looked down, I felt like I was right. Don't because, tip him off, yeah, Joe. Yeah. Poker face. No, no. You, if you would have looked at cheating. I didn't know we could do this. If you looked at me, I was going to say false. But because you looked down, I felt like it was true. I give him nothing. He tries to <laughs> get it all I tried to, from the questions. I worked you over. It's a piece of shit. I tried to really start. I told you. He'll try anything. I'm going to If you had texted with your left finger if you had texted with your okay go ahead number four there's a statue outside of fenway park erected in 2010 known as the war four ted williams bobby Dore, johnny pesky and dom dimaggio false depicting well okay false boom those aren't those are those those are just you the way you would put that that would be a classic lenny trying to get me because you would do you would be like this is easy four guys i'll just switch one no no. <laughs> is that what happened? No, yeah, the name of the statue is different. That's the name. It's exactly. I feel like I should get I extra credit right. for having <laughs> some of these things. So it comes down to a tie. I'm, I'm on relax, fire relax. right now. I'm reading Lenny right now. He's got he's gonna go Woo! over the time limit anyway. Go, oh yeah, go ahead. I didn't know yeah. we had a time Hello. limit. Go. Come That's on, let's the tie go. Break. Let's go. Number five, Speed Neil, Neil Diamond's hit Sweet Caroline was first released in nineteen sixty nine, became the eighth inning tradition at Fenway Park in two thousand four during the World Series playoff run. False. That's correct. <laughs> You're luck, so lucky. It right was now. not that year. It, w- it was much later that Sweet Caroline started being played. No, no it was, it was earlier. earlier. Oh shit! <laughs> I just thought. Well, either way, I got you. Number Let's six. Go. Wade Boggs won five American League batting titles with the Red Sox. True. That is true. Number seven. The 1967 Red Sox had the league MVP, Carl Yastrzemski, and the Cy Young Award winner, Jim Lonborg. Mm, that's a tough one because my family goes. My dad played. Youth baseball with Jim Lonborg. He did? <laughs> no, I'm just making oh. that up. No, I have no idea, but I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say false. No. Oh, I just couldn't think that that guy Sorry. would be a real person. <laughs> he's a dentist. Oh, he's a dentist now. Yeah. He became a dentist. Oh shit! You got to go. Get Back your then, dentist. you had to go be a something after yeah. your baseball career. You yeah. got to go get dental work. From he won him. the That'd Cy be so Young. Much fun. That guy I won know. the Cy Young. He went 22 uh. and four or something like that, and then baseball never won be over a- like 10 games. 
And he's a dentist. That's depressing. He must have hurt his arm. I don't remember the story about Jim Lomo. Well, it's not a bad job. Dental Eight. make a lot of money. Yaz won the batting title the following year as well with a 301 batting average. Mm, it sounds like a tricky little thing. A lot of variables for you in there. I'm going to say false. Shit. I'm done. <laughs> this <laughs> happens every time. The first five, he's on fire, and then nothing. Boston's number nine. Boston's last to first turnaround. Fred Lynn. I was waiting for a Fred Lynn question. Boston, come on! Last now. to first turnaround in 1967 is called the Impossible Dream Season. To dream, True. The, that's good. True. Nice. God, I'm going down. <laughs> he <laughs> looks down. It. Every time he looks down, I say true. He's got. He's all right. Wait, relax, Joe. Keep going. Go. Hurry. I'm, I'm going to give I'm Joe a panic crunch. attack. I got Neil a time crunch. Everybody's um, going to be on the floor crying. Number ten. Despite the fact he can't throw to first and pitched in Fenway Park, John Lester holds the record. For most wins by a Red Sox left-handed pitcher, so the all-time left-handed pitching number of wins. It's between John him or Vita Blue, him or Vita Blue. I just made that up. Vita Blue's <laughs> pitch for the Oakland A's. I can't. John like, Lester. He it can't be true. It's got to be false. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> is, he wasn't Parnell. there long enough. Who? Mel Parnell. I knew it'd be it like some clo- guys. It's that, actually close. I thought it'd be some guys like in the twenties, you know. No, I mean, John Lester had like 125. This guy had like 139. It's pretty yeah, close. Yeah, I figured it was. Lefty, I didn't even think it was that close. Lefties in Fenway Park is tough. Okay, number eleven. Local hero Tony Canigliaro, a nineteen year old Red Sox rookie, was named the nineteen sixty four American League Rookie of the Year after hitting twenty four home runs in only hundred and eleven. No. Done. Oh, <laughs> I just went with the quick answer. I went with the quick one. I was anyway. faking my knowledge. <laughs> it took over 13 years. Like, there's eight questions left. He's one ahead of you. So what are the odds on Neil? All right. I mean, I don't know. I All feel right. terrible. It, it took over 13 years for sl- uh, well, slugging. These aren't, Reds- really, these aren't Red Sox questions. Yes, but they are. No, these aren't. I feel like not. I feel like Tony no. Canigliaro could not be more of a Red Sox question. No, that guy. Yeah, that was okay. J- Mel Parnell. The Impossible Dream Season, Carl Yastrzemski. Which one's not? The Roger Clemens one. The first the couple. The first ones. one. Yeah, the first couple ones were off the topic. So. All right. All right, go ahead. Number 12. It took over 13 years for slugging Red Sox outfielder Jim Rice mm. on the Baseball of Hall favorites. of Fame ballot before being elected. That is true. I'm surprised he ever got in. That is true. Sorry, Red Sox fan. Dave, really? He was awesome. Mm. My childhood was filled with Jim Rice killing the Yankees. I don't know. That was back in the day when like 20 home runs was a lot. He, it felt like he hit 50. Yeah. All right. Number 13, David Ortiz was released in 2002 by Minnesota after six years with the Twins. Up to that point, he had never hit more than 20 home runs in a season. True. That is true. Oh, God. I'm going down. <laughs> I'm looking up Jim Rice's oh. I was crying. <laughs> Woo. Number 14, Kevin Euclid was the first baseman who took the toss for the final out of the 2004 World Series. He wound up in a dispute with the Red Sox about ownership of the ball, but eventually the situation was resolved and the ball went to the Baseball Hall of Fame at Cooperstown. That sounds true. <sighs> Doug Mankiewicz. Batman Kavich. Yeah. Oh, you so you're tied. You have five, right. Neil. See, I should be getting bonuses for naming yes. the actual oh, player. We know, Joe, that you're... Bo- All right, Neil, like you got to go five for five here. And you could tie. All right. I can get okay. my first tie. I'll take a tie. Number 15. You get one point for a tie. Fine. I, you know what? I'll give you the win All if right. you can get the next five in a row. That hurts. Number 15. Nomar Garciaparra hit over 300 home runs in his major league career. I guess I'd say... Mm. It's so close, true. 
There you go. <laughs> Joe just about, began breathing again. By the way, how about Jim Rice? 1978, he led the league in home runs, RBI, hits, triples, and total bases. Yeah. While also hitting 315, I'm good sorry. enough for third in the league. I'm sorry. Did he win the MVP? He, he won the MVP. Thank yeah. God, right? Well, why didn't he get the Hall of Fame? They think he's just an average he was, player. He was a jerk he's to the press. He out a lot. No, he's an ass to the press. He lacked some of those big numbers. He had 382 home runs. They like you to have 400. He had 2,500 hits. They like you to have 3,000. How did he only have 382 home runs? Like the guy just kept hitting home runs, it felt like. And but his he, batting average was 298. So he's like a little yeah. bit away from those three magic numbers. He, to me, but he, he struck was, out a lot. He was like a big strikeout guy. That was back in the day when striking out was bad. But now striking out, no one cares anymore. Neil, oh, I got a funny trivia question for you. Finish after. the quiz. All right. So number 16. Jason Veritek was behind the plate for a record four no-hitters with four different Red Sox pitchers. True. That is true. Can you, can you name the, the pitchers? The can four, you name one? Uh, Pedro Schilling. No. 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 <laughs> number 17. The bo- former Red Sox center fielder Fred Lynn. Hey! Is the only player that to win? Was my ro- guy, that was my guy. Right. He's the only player to win I'll rookie of the year True. and most valuable player awards in the same year. And he made a diving catch on the wall. True. Ah. You know who the other one was? You dumbass. Who? Uh, Ishiro. Roberto Clemente. Count because he was thirty-eight. Boy, Ishiro, <laughs> the greatest player ever to play baseball. Ichiro. Yeah. Would you say that too? No. You wouldn't say he's the greatest Not baseball even close. player ever. Not even. Did close. you read the article? In yes, ESPN? I did. Yes, I did. Now that's work ethic. Why? Because he goes out in the cold and shorts like an idiot and takes fifty swings. Yeah, and he. I would did, say Ricky he, Henderson is a better baseball yeah, player. Please, I can. No uh, way. Uh, Babe Ruth. Ruth is better. He eats, he eats, Mays, he eats dinner every night by himself at the exact same time. That's I not really making a great player. Though. I love that shit. <laughs> He's a mental patient. No, he wakes up in the morning, and swings by himself in his apartment for like thirty minutes. Who does that shit? Wade Boggs used to write a high on the ground before he got in the batter's box. Say it again. Doesn't mean him a great player. He what? High. La, the, 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 the is he Jewish? Is he Jewish? Wade Boggs? Is Wade no. Boggs Jewish? He's not Jewish, but he used to draw with his foot a high in the batter's box. No kidding. Yeah. What's a high? What and he had chicken about? every night. You know that one. Yeah, right? I know the chicken. Okay. What are you talking about? What is that? You know, the, the, I'll draw it for you. The you Jewish the star? Chain? Not the star, the other thing. Oh, the other thing. The Hebrew okay. letters. Got it. Okay. All right. 18. Dwight Evans. Mystical. War. Dwight Evans wore number 24 as a member of the Red Sox. I don't want to do this quiz. I lost. You have three left. It's like, it's like playing third place. Can you just answer? Play. You have they three don't left. play the third place game. They you have three left. Anymore. Just okay, answer. Ahead. Dwight Evans wore number... False. Just hit me with them. He was number 24. He's finished so poorly. Manny Ramirez won one MVP award his career with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, it had to be when he... Yeah, I'd say true. Because he was a steroid guy. See? This is what I'm telling no you. No one Joe. talked about the massive amount of steroids. He goes down the he, toilet. I don't blame him for doing a lot of steroids. Number 20. Ten Williams knocked 200 hits in a season six times in his career. Of course that's true. He did everything. False. Zero. He uh, never had 200 hits in his career. So, Neil, so out of the last five, he got four wrong. So, Joe. That makes you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real collab. That was like the 03, 04 Yankees. <laughs> that was a real. <laughs> um, 11. Do you think David Ortiz is a steroid guy? Uh yeah, I think he got was guilty of it. Wasn't they all he? are right. Yeah, he was I, on the list. He I think the, most of them. I think Canseco. Remember Canseco at one point was like, it's like ninety percent of guys, and everyone said he was crazy. Like, oh, get no, out he here, was Jose. Right. Yeah, he and was I think right. I think he's right. Well, more importantly, Joe List is our champion. Yeah, today. congratulations. <laughs> nothing but no, I, I feel nothing but good for you. <laughs> all right. Did you so, ever hear the question, the uh, trivia <laughs> question of who's the all-time leading pair of brothers, home runs, brothers? It's not the DiMaggio brothers. It is not. Oh, wait, wait. What's the question? Who's the pair of home run brothers? Yes. Wow. It had brothers be. combined home runs. McGuire's. Canseco's? No. No. The answer is oh, the, the Jones. Aarons. 
The oh, Aaron. His brother, I think, had zero. <laughs> Possibly <laughs> one or zero, but his brother did play that's baseball. Right. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. The way we end the show, Joe, is we have one thing of the week, like a good thing or a bad thing of the week. We just name one good thing or bad thing. Like my one thing that we just do, our one thing of the week is... The gym, they open a gym in this building. They built the gym downstairs. Oh, how is it? Is it nice? Oh, it's fantastic. It's $50 a month, so I'm never going in How many machines are down there? Like three. three. Oh, it's embarrassing. Is there a TV? fuck yourselves. They they put a TV? I didn't even look. It's not even embarrassing. It's opening on the first. And then there's... Do they clean Three, it? A bunch of sweaty, dollars. gross people. There's always right. going to be gross people. I say that ten kind of gym. less than ten people will use that gym. Just buy yourself one of those bikes that you do um, with the uh, thing. What and then they, they when do they open it? Like when they're going to open it? April one. Good Ugh. job. Good job getting people in there. You dummies you can go. What run are the outside. bikes on TV with the beautiful Peloton. girl? Yeah, get one of those. That's what. That's your. Where destiny. am I going to put that, Neil? What's your one look. thing of the week? Oh, well, geez. my one thing is uh, I kind of it's a funny thing, and we thought it was so funny. And I don't know if it is, but we'll say it anyways. So me and Bethel go to the uh, go to a show. Uh, one of our friends' daughters in a high school musical, uh, Spring Awakening, and we go to the show and we're like, we see the show, and then after the show, we're like, we got to go to more high school musical type shows because they're <laughs> cheap. It was free, and it's all we can afford. Like we can't afford to go to a regular Broadway show, yeah. and so we in our head, me and Bethel are like. We're going to see all the Broadway shows by going to the high school We're going to go see Hamilton is playing out at, I think it's playing out in Jersey City at this high school. (laughs) And then you'd save us so much fucking money. And we're just going to go see all Broadway shows at at, at high schools. And that's what we're going to do. It's a little creepy, but at the same time, it's going to save a lot of money. And I don't know. I thought it was just, we were just laughing for hours. I had a similar idea. I I live right next to Frank Sinatra School of the Arts. And they do that. And I said to my wife, I was like, we should go to 20 bucks. We can go see a play. And she was like, what are you crazy? We're not going to watch a bunch of children. Yeah, no, no, but there's not. future stars, especially at that kind of high school. Yeah, like LaGuardia, yeah. Frank, they're going to see big gonna, stars. You're going to see the next stars doing this play. Maybe. That's true. Joe, you have a thing of the week? Oh, God. This is a lot of pressure. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, Sorry, I, don't have I don't know. I had sex uh, yesterday. That's good. And, That's um, yeah. Congratulations. Hockey playoffs coming up and baseball. Hockey oh, playoffs coming up. Give us a prediction on the NCAA tournament. Neil? I got to go with Virginia. He's going with his dumb Virginia. I like Purdue. They got a couple of seven-footers. They do, but I've seen them play. That guy Haas is just a big dummy. You're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, I don't know. I just had to say something quick, but uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for Providence. Providence? Oh, I would love to root for Seton Hall. Who, wait, who who'd you pick? For. I don't know who I'm picking We'll just this. pick one. We just I'm going to go... Uh, I want to say... I want to say... Kentucky? Kansas, for some reason, because they got this big dude who hadn't played all year, and for some reason, yeah, nobody yeah, can they, stop this big guy. He's all going to go pro next year. All these yeah. Guys. Yeah, but watch out a little Arizona with like DeAndre Allen or whatever that guy's name yeah. is. He's I didn't good. realize how close Seton Hall is. They should make a push right to be New York's team. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that close. That's very close. They're always like, Syracuse. Like, Syracuse is 800 miles away. The um, the information director there, he's our uh, official spotter for the Giants now. This guy, Tom oh, Chen. So shout out to Tom Chen. Joe List. It's JoeList.com, yeah? Or yes, comedian, uh, Joe, comedian List? Joe List, and I have a Netflix uh, half uh, stand-ups. The season two of the stand-ups, March twentieth. Go watch that on Netflix. Joe, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, okay. Mo Vaughn and John Valentin, Seton Hall. <laughs> Just trying to add Red Sox knowledge. Thanks Perfect. for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Bye, everybody.